You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Allison Rinborg, enjoying the fall. And you're listening to the monthly Equine Affair episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October the 19th. This episode is brought to you by Equine Affair. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means it's time for the Equine Affair episode, North America's premier equine expo and equestrian gathering. That's right, and we are a month away, right, from Equine Affair? Less than a month. It's so exciting. Yeah, so exciting. (laughs) And also, you might uh, hear Allison sounding a little tired, and because that's what it's like when you're a month away from Equine Affair and you work there. That's what it's like. (laughs) Hundred (laughs) percent. You're in full steam ahead mode, right? Get it done. We are get it done, and it will get done. It's just like a wedding, you know. You do all the things, you do all the prep, but eventually it's coming, and it's coming, and it's going to happen, and you're going to get married, or you're going to be at equine affair. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you only have weddings, hopefully once in your life or a couple times. You do this every six months, so well, yeah. Yeah. It's like having a wedding every six months. That's a good way to look at it. Who chooses that for a living? You do, apparently. So in this episode, the last one before Equine Affair in Massachusetts, we speak to Joyce, who's the coach of Young Guns Drill Team. They're going to be performing there and have, I guess, for many times in uh, at Fantasia. And also, Liberty Cunningham's joining us. She's 12 years old, right? Yes. And she's part of the Pegasus Riders, which is a trick riding team of two 12-year-olds. That's just nuts. When you told, I thought you were joking when you wrote that this morning. <laughs> Did I say 12? They're 21. No, they're 12. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and Dr. Morton is a telehealth veterinarian uh, for Chewy Health. First of all, I didn't even know there were telehealth veterinarians. That's so cool. Oh, it's awesome. Telehealth is, uh, I'm kind of geeky about telehealth. You're Glenn the Geek. I'm Allison well, the Geek And I've used telehealth. them numerous times for the human one, but I didn't yeah. even know they had veterinary ones. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. What a great idea, too, for all these people who live in the middle of nowhere and there's no vets around. Absolutely. Wow, that's great. I can't wait to talk to her later today, too. I think we're all going to learn something. But you are in the final stretch here. And uh, just uh, for those last-minute people out there, they can still get tickets and all that stuff? They can still get tickets. They are online. You can also call our office if you prefer the human touch. But you can go online to equineaffair.com and get your equine affair tickets. And you can get your Fantasia tickets that way. And we have a a whole diagram of the Coliseum. So you can pick out where you want to sit, assuming there are seats left, which there are, but they're going quickly. So I would, if you haven't done it yet, you know, you might want to think about it. (laughs) And of course, this is at the uh, Eastern States Expo. And it's in Massachusetts, November 9th through the 12th. In, uh, what's the name of the town again? West Springfield. West Springfield, Massachusetts. And this is a huge complex, but there's lots of good food there. If it's your first time going, you need tickets to get in. But then the only other thing you need a ticket for really is Fantasia if you want to see the nighttime show. Right. And that's sold separately. Yep. 
and your general admission tickets um, get you into all the clinics. We have hundreds of clinics with all kinds of great uh, clinicians. We've got interactive activities, including Drive a Draft, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we had Drive a Draft with the Whispery Pines Percherons in 2019 in Massachusetts, and it was a huge hit. They came to Ohio earlier this year, and that was a huge hit. And so if you want to drive a draft, I recommend get there early and go sign up with them at the Whispery Pines Percheron stalls in the sea barn. And you want and, to do that. I got the opportunity oh, yeah. to drive a pair of Percherons, and it was so much. Well, of course, we own Percherons, but I never drove a pair before. And I yeah. had an opportunity to drive a pair at the World Percheron Congress. And what that was just a trip. It was just a trip. I wish I could do it. Unfortunately, I work there, so I can't. But I, I'm definitely going to go watch uh, at least once and watch this happen. Because, I mean, I've seen pictures, I've seen video, but it's so cool. You don't realize the power until you're sitting behind a 2,000-pound animal. And I had the opportunity at the World Percheron Congress to ride in the seat beside the driver in an 8-hitch, in an 8-percheron oh. hitch. That was amazing. I, st- I still get goosebumps t- thinking about that. Yeah. Just so much power up there. And his reins. He's got 85 reins. I don't know how they steer anything. But but uh, I'm, that's so exciting that people can do that. I highly recommend you do if you haven't yet. Yes, and yeah. so that's included in your your admission ticket is, is the whole point. So, like, come spend the 18 bucks or whatever. Get into Equine Affair. You can drive a pair of drafts. You can do a million other well, things. Well, let's, let's be real. The only reason people go is because it's the month before Christmas and they're shopping galore. That's well, the that reason too. people go. I mean, that yeah, too. Yeah. I'll be shopping. I got to buy <laughs> stuff for my daughter. So, you know. So, And it's equineaffair.com is where you can find that. And today we're going to meet three people who are involved with the Equine Affair coming up. And we're going to get that started in just a minute with Joyce. And she is the coach of the Young Guns Drill Team, a 4-H-based team. The Young Guns have performed in multiple past Fantasia performances. And we're excited to have them back in Massachusetts this fall. And uh, let's get uh, Joyce on to talk about the drill team. Joyce, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. You guys only have a few weeks to get your uh, to get your drill team ready. Yes, and we've been practicing hard. Good, good. Well, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, so tell us about Young Guns. What kind of drill team is it? Uh, how long have you been around? All that stuff. Okay. Well, the Young Guns are a rodeo-style drill team, which means that we perform our maneuvers at a high rate of speed. We generally uh, carry flags. And I'm sorry, what was the second question? Uh, So who is it made up of? Is it all 4-H kids or are there kids and adults? Okay. It is uh, considered a 4-H drill team. We have several adults that do help us, and they were former members of the team at one time. So oh. we consider them our alumni riders, and they go with us when we perform in various events um, and uh, competitions. So they just love it so much they can't they, they can't, can't stay leave. away. <laughs> That's cool, <laughs> though. That's cool. So do you guys, or how many kids are there on, on the team, or how many riders do you have in any performance? Um, generally, we ride about 12 to 16, depending wow. on who can attend a particular competition or um, an event. So how much, pre- so first of all, when you do, when you go like do Fantasia, which you've done several times mm-hmm. before, how do you decide one, when I have to pick out music for our shows, 
I just hate doing that because I, I end up spending hours finding just the right song, right? So how do you right. guys how do you guys determine what your routines are going to look like? Who does that part? Well, it, it's kind of a combination of, of people. Um, I have some of the alumni members who are really good at choosing music and putting it together. Um, I have others that sit down with me and we play with little Legos and we create drills that <laughs> we think are going I love to. That. <laughs> well, yeah, we use Legos uh, that we think are going to be exciting to our audience. And, you know, we just move from one maneuver to the other. And, uh, of course, we tweak it all the time. And we're always uh, adding little things and, you know, uh, making it better every time that we do it. So, you know, it, it is a combination of a whole bunch of people who uh, spend a lot of time you know, working with either the kids or the drill or the music or uh, fundraising even because, you know, it takes money to go places. <laughs> well, I, I was always curious with drill teams like this. And we covered uh, one year, this was a long time ago, we covered the National Drill co uh, Competition in Texas. And yes. I always wondered when you're practicing, you, so you put this whole routine together, right? And you might have multiple songs and obviously tons of maneuvers. Do you practice each maneuver individually and then put it all together? Or from the beginning, are you trying to practice it in order? We usually try to practice it in order. But what we do is first we start with our riders on foot. No horses. We learn what we're going to do um, because horses are so smart. Once you teach them wrong, they keep wanting to go wrong. <laughs> oh, that's true. And you know what? You know? A lot of dressage riders practice on foot, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. And so we we, we work on uh, our timing on individually with the riders on foot. And then once we feel like we've got it down, then we get on our horses and we start slow and we work up to the speed that you see when you see us in a performance. So how long does it take to, uh, so you're putting together, how long are your performances usually time-wise? Usually somewhere between eight and 10 minutes. And how, how long does it take to really master a 10-minute performance like that? Um, it usually takes, if, if you're starting from scratch, um, it can take six months to really, you know, have it down where you really want it to be. So do you change them often or do you, cause I know you do more than equine affair. You do other events and you've been all right. over the place. I know that you've traveled South. And uh, mm -hmm. so do you do the same one, tend to do the same one all year or do you have multiple different ones you can do? No, we usually have two or three drills that we know um, and that we can, you know, rotate um, to different places because uh, when we go to a competition, a lot of times we'll be in different divisions and so different divisions require a different style and um, a different and, and we also want to, you know, if you're performing in a competition that you might uh, ride three, four five times, you don't want the judges to get bored with you. So you have to change it up. And we usually have two or three or four drills that we rotate in and out of any given event. Gotcha. So how old are they? How old are the kids uh, before they can join the team? Um, they have to be nine because that's oh, wow. the, uh, how old 4-H okay. must I, be. As a nine-year-old, I cannot <laughs> imagine memorizing a pattern of anything. 
I, I just, <laughs> I know I would not have pretty, been capable of that. It, so. It's pretty amazing. The, the, of course, the older riders, the more experienced riders, you know, they're, they're their support, you know, um, they, they help them. And, you know, we try to, with the nine-year-olds, we try to keep them down to like one drill at, at a time so that they are not, you know, trying to remember, you know, different maneuvers. And because and, a lot of the maneuvers are the same. However, they're put in different sequences, et cetera. So, you know, by doing that, we, we kind of limit them uh, when they're first starting out. But they, they pick it up pretty quick. That's amazing. And do, do you try and keep the horses all similar size? Because obviously, this relies on you, you have multiple horses of multiple size. You have multiple strides uh, that are different lengths. So mm-hmm. how do you compensate for all of that? That's a good question, because we've had everything from a POA, uh, Ponies of America, um, to a Percheron. Um, We have uh, gated horses as well as straight gated horses or stock horses. Um, We've even had a mule on our team at one time. Uh, So uh, we we just kind of try to work with um, each individual kid to try to get them to learn how to rate their speed. Hmm. And, you know, some of our horses have to um, shorten their stride a little bit. Some will have to lengthen it. So, um, but it, it works actually. We don't, we don't have any requirements um, on the kind of horse that you have uh, because it is 4-H based and we want all kids um, to be a part of it. And they, you know, they become part of our family. We, we call it our drill team family. So, you know, I have kids from a long, long time ago who come back and say, you know, riding drill team was the best experience of my whole life. I was going to ask you about that because obviously, you know, these are all character building things too when you're that age. Um, and they have to, learning to be disciplined in a team has to help them in life. It does. I think it helps them not only in um, just relating to other people, but, you know, in school, it helps them to work in those group settings that they have to. Uh, they learn that it's um, that it's not just about you, but what you can do for all the other people in your group. And, you know, that is what I strive to teach them. Uh, they, they learn, a lot of them will learn a lot of leadership skills because obviously, Somebody has to lead this thing. Right, right. And you, so your kids were involved. That's how you got involved or had you ridden before? Um, I've ridden horses all my life. And so when my kids were old enough that their head didn't wobble too much, they rode in front of me and <laughs> they learned how to ride, <laughs> uh, riding in front of me. And, and then they graduated onto their own horses. And so my kids were in 4-H. Uh, it was um, a program that was offered. Uh, we started riding. They started riding on drill. I got help, um, interested in being um, an assistant coach. And then, um, unfortunately, that team uh, wound up disbanding. And so the kids that were on the team were like, well, Joyce, you know what we're doing. Can't you just take it over? So we, we did form our own, our own team. Uh, to be uh, our own individual uh, entity. But um, yeah, so we just kind of worked it from there. 
this is how parents get roped into this little league and becoming coaches exactly. of everything. And then, and then they're in it for life. This is how they get that's roped right. into it. At least it was something that's you right. liked doing. So that's good, right? Yes. I haven't had a kid on the team since 2001. There you go. Wow. <laughs> but you, you know, you could have been a soccer coach or something like that, that you didn't care about. And then you were stuck that's doing it for life. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. But at least this is good. It involves horses. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm so excited about this. What can people expect when they see you in Fantasia this year? They can expect holding their breath as we go flying through the middle and making crosses behind each other at um, neck breaking speed. Um, they can see they're going to expect um, the American flag that is going to be carried proudly by our, our riders. And um, just a, a really beautiful choreographed um, event that uh, highlights all the horses and these kids as just exceptional riders. You told me that the kids own their own horses and they care for them yes. on their own. They do the whole thing. So it's such it's, a I mean, that's a big commitment anyway. And then participating in a drill team and traveling and all that. What do you think? How do you do the kids just love it? Like, is that what motivates them to do such a huge commitment? Or what do you think makes them want to do this? Um, Well, I think it's a unique experience. Um, You know, we're all geared to going to horse shows and um, showcasing ourselves individually. And Mm. I think when you get with friends and they all become friends and family. I think that is the thing that brings them all together. I think that, you know, they get out there and it's not just about them. It's about this whole drill team family that's out there. The moms and the dads, the grandmas, the grandpas, the aunts and the uncles, you know, their, their best friends from school even come to watch them. And, you know, I think that that is the thing that brings us all together. It's not just being, you know, something, doing something individually. It's doing something with, you know, your own family. And I think that's what it, what keeps them coming back. So we're, we're I know it's what come, I know it's what brings me back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> since 2001 apparently um <laughs> yes <laughs> so what where, yeah, where can we people... started in 1999 <laughs> it's a long time where can people find your schedule what's upcoming performances and stuff they can go to our facebook page it's the young guns equestrian drill team uh we don't have a website but we do have a facebook page All right. and we're always you know we are always putting up things that we're going to be doing and um, little videos and pictures and all that good stuff. Well, we'll see you a couple of weeks in Massachusetts. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joyce. Well, if you want to see the young guns in action, you better act fast. Sponsored by Absorbing, Fantasia is happening November 9th through the 11th at Equine Affair. That's on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights only, and tickets are going fast. So make sure you go to equineaffair.com as fast as possible and get your tickets. 
Fantasia is a musical celebration of the horse. It will showcase performances by the Pegasus Riders, who we're also talking to today on the episode, the Young Guns, Melissa Barnett, the Whispery Pines Percherons, and lots more, including Bobby Kerr's Mustang Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's so good. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, that's so good. It's sponsored by Espana Silk this year, and Bobby Kerr, you got to come see him. So definitely come to Fantasia. And who do we have coming up next? Yeah, so we've got Liberty Cunningham. She is one half of the Pegasus Riders, which is a trick-riding duo that is composed of two 12-year-olds, you heard me right, and seven horses. The Pegasus Riders specialize in trick-riding, Roman riding, dance, aerial silks, and hammock, and equestrian liberty. I want to be them when I grow up. If you attended Equine Affair in Ohio, you have seen what those incredible girls can do. And if you're coming to Massachusetts, you're going to see them again in Fantasia. So let's welcome Liberty to the show. Hi, Liberty. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah. So uh, we were curious, did you get off school early or are you homeschooled? How how are you able to join us today? Well, it's kind of half and half. I go to school for about three hours a day, and then I go home and do my extra stuff, like online. But today, I did get out a little bit early. Oh, well, thank you for getting off early for us. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you do three hours, like, in person, and then you go home and do the rest of school online. That's what you're saying? Cool. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, so you're a busy, a very busy person. Um, we, I introduced you already and kind of told everybody a lot of what you do, but kind of tell us how you got started trick riding. What inspired you to, you know, kind of pursue this as a career? When I was probably about two or three, I was at one of our local rodeos and I saw a trick rider and I didn't know it at the time, but that trick rider was Bethany Isles. And mm-hmm. every year after that, I would be like, I want to see the trick riders. I want to see the trick riders. And that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then, so that ex- she inspired me. And then five years later, I actually got to start trick riding with Jennifer Gatrell, who coached Bethany. Okay, I got wow. to jump in here because I have a question. <laughs> uh, so what you go to your mom and you say, I want to hang off horses and, you know, be underneath them and on top of them. What was her first reaction? Well, I don't really know. <laughs> it, it was probably, I don't know. I, I'm a third generation, like, bell racer. And so I come from a rodeo family. Uh, okay. And so she had seen it before, but I don't really know how she reacted to me saying, I want to be a trick rider. She probably thought he was going to fade away. Yeah, she probably thought, oh, she'll try this, and then she'll get scared and quit. And obviously, she was wrong. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if she was a barrel racer, too, she probably was like, "Uh, I have a pretty good idea that my daughter's going to want to be into the adrenaline rush and the, uh, you know, racing around barrels and doing crazy stuff on horseback anyway. So (laughs) I bet she wasn't surprised. (laughs) Probably not that much, except she might have been a little bit more surprised when I kept asking for lessons for five years. <laughs> right. So you, uh, so you eventually, I think, how old were you when you got started with the Pegasus Riders and with performing? So I got lessons when I was eight years old. And then I think it was about a month and a half after my first lesson, I actually got to perform 
with Bethany Isles. So it was super cool. Like my first performance was with the person who inspired me. Oh no. But That's so great. <laughs> it was really cool. But yeah, I was about eight years old and then I did I think that year I did two shows. Wow. You know, I started having writing lessons when I was eight, too, but um, I did not get to perform with my idol <laughs> a few yes. months later. And you were trying to stay on the horse, not come off the horse. There was exactly. that, too. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn knows me. <laughs> Most of us try and stay on the horse. Liberty's <laughs> like, I can come off and on. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you do trick writing. You do Roman writing. You're also a dancer. You do aerial silks. But... You just started Roman writing, right? When when did that kind of join the mix? So, two years after I started trick writing, my mom saw an ad for a paint gilding. He looked like Blair, which is my trick writing horse. Mm-hmm. And so, we bought him. And then I decided to start Roman writing because I already had the horses. And after I started Roman writing, I just, I, I progressed more and more. But I didn't. Jennifer is was more of a trick writer, and she does help me a lot with Roman writing, but she never Roman wrote, so I kind of had to figure it out on my own with the help, and then it just kind of progressed, and then my act has been progressing for two and a half years now, because I started when I was 10. Wow. So, yeah, it wasn't enough for you to, you know, sling all around upside down and on top of and below your horse while they were going full speed. You wanted to be standing on their backs, two horses. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I get the impression. Uh, I got to ask, because Roman riders, (laughs) uh, so you're practicing that. I assume one of the first things you really have to plan for is if something goes wrong, how do I bail? Is that something you think about? You know, it's actually not something I think about, but over the winter, I actually had to do that during a practice because I was running around the arena, Roman riding, and then I tried to turn to the inside because we had like a barrel in the arena that was set up for the trick tape previously that we didn't take out. And my horses were about to run into it, and I knew one of them was probably going to stop. And so I kind of just flung myself off. <laughs> and so like, we were just full run. And then I just flung myself off under the ground. And then I didn't hit the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. She I broke her arm, but the barrel's fine. <laughs> yeah. Were you okay? <laughs> yes, I was. I, I've i actually had a bail a few times sometimes because mm-hmm. if something goes wrong, then I just have to kind of fall off. And I mean, it seems scary, but it's like... It's weird. It's just not somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the ground will catch you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes well for so many riders. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, when you're bailing, this is just a thought I had, do you practice, like, have you practiced how to fall to minimize injury? Like, do you think about that as you're tumbling through the air or have you just gotten lucky? I should probably think about that now that you say that. But <laughs> now we put it in her head. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't. And I kind of just go. I, I know how to fall off. You're supposed to cover your head and tuck and roll. Yes. But most of the time, I kind of just, here we go. <laughs> fall off. I love it. That's inspiring. You know, I think I want to be you when I grow up. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good yes. question. You have a partner. Tell us about your partner. Maddie. I met Maddie when I was eight, so when I started trick writing, and she has been my best friend for four years. Um, she trick rides with me. She 
as she's actually learning Roman writing now, and she's a very successful Liberty artist, and she also does Ariel, like Ariel Hammock. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, right now, she's actually on her way to the International Liberty Horse like competition in Kentucky. So good luck to Maddie. But yeah, she is my coach's daughter. Um, we have been best friends for what seems like longer than four years. It seems like mm-hmm. we've known each other like our whole life. And I guess, I guess I've known her longer than she's known me because I would sit like and watch her trick ride and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I want to be her. And then a year <laughs> later, I was trick riding with her. So that's fantastic. You, I got to ask you though, what you, obviously you've accomplished the goals you set out to accomplish. You're only 12. What are your new goals? What do you, what do you want to do in, you know, in, in the next five years? Well, in, in the next five years, I just got my pro rodeo card actually. So I'm now able to perform at like, bigger rodeos with instead of like amateurs like with the professionals so like really high up in rodeo and i get to perform with like the best of the best and i think it's really cool so hopefully in five years i'm going around performing at really big rodeos that, that's a really cool she goal. has I her like pro that. rodeo card at 12 let's <laughs> let's just uh absorb that for a minute yeah that's pretty impressive. I don't know, girl. <laughs> you're putting us to shame yeah, over Yeah, here. I feel like a loser now. I've got to be honest. No, you're not a loser. Yeah. So, so we, are, we were so excited to see you and Maddie perform in Fantasia for us in Ohio back in the spring. And we're even more excited that you're coming to Massachusetts. What are you looking forward to about coming back to Fantasia? Well, at Fantasia, I thought it was super cool because, well, one, the shopping was like un- <laughs> unlimited. Oh, yeah. It was never ending. It was really cool. <laughs> but also, there were so many different things, like so many different horses. There was like the welfare where you could adopt a horse. Um, it was so many different disciplines, too. And I thought it was also really cool to perform with like Dusty Dickerson. He was like oh, yeah. the best of the best Roman Roman writing. Yeah. And so I think I'm looking forward to basically seeing that all over again because, I mean, I've performed a horse expos, but Equine Affair was also, like, my dream to perform at. And then when I got to perform at it in the spring and then I get to do it again this fall, I'm just super excited for the whole thing. Yay! Oh, well, that makes me even happier that you're excited about it. <laughs> if you like it, then it's got to be awesome, right? <laughs> yes, well, and so there are some cool pictures that makes me think um, Dusty got to hold the tape for you guys at the Ohio Fantasia, I think. There are these awesome pictures of her like cheering you guys on while you're doing your act. Was that fun? It was so fun. Dusty, she would be like, you got this as we were going around the arena and she mm-hmm. was making a show. And it was really awesome because I got to perform with her. Well, I didn't get to perform with her, but I got to perform. She got to hold the tape for me and cheer me on in the arena while I was performing. And I thought it was super cool. And when I looked back at the pictures, I thought it was, like, amazing because she was so happy for us to be there. And we were so happy for her. Do you ever think about how you're inspiring younger kids than you, that you're the one now that they're looking up to? Do you ever think about that? You know, I've never really thought about it that way. But now that I think about that, that's really cool. Isn't it cool? You're the one that's, you know, (laughs) getting these five-year-olds and the six-year-olds. They're looking at you and saying, I want to be her someday. 
That's really cool to think about, actually. There you go. Well, that, that's better than thinking about falling off, which Allison had you doing. So I'm I wanted sorry. to change it a little now. <laughs> well, how about this? I'm 35 and I'm looking up to live. That's okay? right. <laughs> so it's not just the five year old, right. it's the 35 year old. <laughs> Liberty, is it, is it going to be the same act, or have you changed it up a little for Massachusetts? Well, for trick writing, we're doing basically the same act, but we're actually having a new act, too, which is like a magic-slash-combination act. So I'm actually going to come in at the beginning, and I've been dancing since I was three, and so I'm going to be dancing, and it's kind of like a contemporary piece, and then it's kind of like dark and not scary but like it's just dark in general and then maddie's gonna come in and she's gonna like be the light cool so you're What's evil and she's way? good is that <laughs> i mean kind of <laughs> <laughs> and she's gonna have her pony razor oh that's so cool how do you have time for school or to do anything um I don't really have a lot of downtime. No, I imagine not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so basically, like, my routine, I, I wake up, I go to school, I come home, I do more school, and then as long as I still have time before dance, I go ride my horses, and then I come back, and I go to dance for, like, three hours, and then I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep having like trouble. A, <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like a pretty good routine. Well, uh, yeah. Liberty... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, and please tell Maddie that we uh, we missed her. We were originally hoping to have both of you, but we're just super thrilled we got you. Um, and we wish her good luck, too, with the Liberty competition, because I know she's off doing cool things. And yeah, yes. so thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, and I will definitely tell Maddie. Thanks. All right, well, we will see you in just a few weeks at Equine Affair. If you're coming to Equine Affair in Massachusetts, make sure to come early. It may be our anniversary, but we're giving you the gift. In honor of our 25th anniversary, Equine Affair will be distributing a limited supply of vouchers to the first 2,500 guests to come through the gates of the Eastern States Exposition. Each voucher will be good for 25% off one item of affairware at the Equine Affair Information Booth, located in the Better Living Center. Come early for a chance to get a voucher, and then make sure to snag your souvenir of choice at the equine affair info booth and up next we have dr morton she is a telehealth veterinarian for chewy health who seeks to widen the horizon of equine medicine she's also a certified veterinary acupuncturist with an emphasis on equine and she has a mobile veterinary practice in her home state of texas Dr. Morton will be presenting at Equine Affair next month, and she's also here to share a little bit about Chewy. They are the sponsors of the Versatile Horse and Rider competition. Well, hi, Dr. Morton. Thank you for coming on the show today. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we've got we've got so much to talk about, but I think we'll just start with this. So you work as a, well, you have a mobile veterinary practice, but then you also work as a telehealth vet. Tell us what that's like. What is a telehealth vet? What do they do? Okay, so yes, I am a telehealth vet for Chewy. Um, I am working in the Connect with a Vet platform, so I provide teletriage and education to pet parents of dogs and cats. Um, right now, our service is currently limited to dogs and cats. Um, but outside of my mobile practice, I mean, we use telehealth all the time in the horse industry. This might involve communication via text and emails, Facebook messages. Um, I answer a lot of questions about photos through the day. Um, 
equine vets, we, we cover a large territory. I'm myself, I'm a solo, solo mobile practitioner, and I know a lot of people live several hours away from a vet. It's not always easy to haul a horse in or have your vet out to see them. So those quick text messages and pictures allow us to kind of triage in urgent situations to help owners decide what needs to be seen straight away after hours as an emergency or what can kind of be managed at home until the vet can get to the farm or they can haul into a clinic. Horse owners as a species, I would say, are pretty resourceful. So they can usually do some basic care stuff with simple instructions from the vet via telehealth or tele-triage practices. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I think people outside the industry don't realize that horse owners, we're, we've got to be able to bandage a wound, right? You know, we've got to be able to manage some things on our own that people might not think to do with their dogs or cats. Um, because we can't just load them into the car and haul them to the vet at a moment's notice. It, it takes a little bit of doing. So I think that's cool that we've got this telehealth resource now where we can actually call the vet and say, hey, walk me through this um, what do I do? Is this really an emergency or can I handle it? Or, uh, and, and with phones, I mean, we can do, I assume you do video calls through telehealth, right? Yeah, I do occasionally. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm in a rural area, so some of my clients are pretty far away. I mean, I do mm-hmm. text messages, pictures, uh, the video calls. And, and like you said, horse owners, man, you guys are resourceful. It's amazing. You guys know how to bandage stuff. You can give medications with instructions. You guys know how to do a lot of things. So I, I think that's a very different aspect of horse medicine versus dog and cat stuff. Uh, the, it really is a team effort. Yeah, absolutely. And so you... Um you do telehealth for horses through your practice, but then for Chewy, you do dog and cat telehealth. Is that right? That is correct. So we do both chat and video appointments for our dog and cat owners. Um, I've worked for Chewy Health for almost two years now. So I do the, the telehealth stuff. And then I've also really enjoyed collaborating with our equine marketing team, pharmacy and merchandising division as we grow in our horse health and product offerings. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to participate in some Facebook Live events for PetMD, focusing on health concerns for horses. Um, we did a summer one this year. Um, and I'm getting to do this podcast, which is really a cool experience, and getting <laughs> to present at the Equine Affairs Conference next month and share my experiences as an equine vet. It's just been really an interesting thing to be a part of yeah so you covered so much there but I, I do want to do a little shout out so Chewy um, I had no idea until I was notified that Chewy was going to sponsor the versatile horse and rider competition that Chewy even had an equine branch like I only thought of Chewy as cats and dogs mm-hmm. is that we get my ponies really behind? actually we get my ponies food through Chewy comes automatically what? we get my pony my pony eats food that's sent through Chewy that auto ship is a wonder yes it now. is because I would forget and then he would starve and then he'd be mad so <laughs> scooter yeah, wouldn't scooter so wouldn't much. let you forget no scooter would be really mad he's a tough little hackney he 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 wants his food so I guess sure. I'm just really behind you are no yes idea. you are man I don't yeah, know. So- what I don't know, Dr. Morton, is how Chewy can afford to ship those 50-pound bags. I just don't know how they can do it for the price they do it. I don't get it. It's, it's incredible, and I, I think Chewy is so great how we go above and beyond to help make things easy for customers. I, I love that. I've been super impressed with it myself. I order my horses fly prevention and supplements and stuff like that through Chewy. I use the same thing you do. I do that auto ship because that way I can set it and forget it. 
Um, it makes life so much easier. We did start, um, Chewy did start as just dog and cat stuff, but then they mm-hmm. expanded to offer assortment for all sorts of animals, including horses, farm animals, cats, uh, reptiles, fish, uh, chickens, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've been doing, or they've been doing a lot of expansion in pharmacy and the compounded medications sector, which has been super cool to see, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I'm sure you guys know medicating horses isn't always an easy process. So mm-hmm. having different flavors or different formulations of medications has been, it's been nice to see that getting offered and see those expand. Cause I know that makes life a lot easier for me in particular, but I, I think it's been pretty cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah. And and you were talking about medicating horses and I'm remembering my days of, you know, carving out little holes in carrots and then, you know, sticking a pill in a carrot and then plugging it up again. (laughs) Oh, it can be such a pain, especially if they're tricky and they sniff everything out of their food. Oh, yes. It can be be a hassle. So they have flavors. I think they have now marshmallow, alfalfa, molasses. So there's all sorts of tasty treats for those medications. Man. That's cool. Okay, well, the next time I need to order stuff from my pony, I guess I'll be going to Chewy. So, so you, um, you're coming to Equine Affair. You're going to present. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to come talk to us about. Yes, I am so excited to be a part of that. Um, so I'm doing two talks on Sunday during Equine Affair. So the first, I'm going to be doing two. One is going to be discussing the GI tract of the horse. So from mm-hmm. teeth to tail, I'll give an overview of the digestive process, uh, discuss common health issues we encounter in each of those segments, you know, so dental issues, stomach issues, all, all that kind of stuff, and focus on how we can attempt to prevent those, what owners can watch for at home, and other positive daily practices to, to maintain good gut health. Um, and then my other talk is going to be about integrative medicine. So I'm certified in veterinary acupuncture. I went to Chi University and got my acupuncture certification in 2021. So I'll be doing a talk on acupuncture and how Eastern and Western vet med plans can differ, but how they can also complement each other when treating the horse for a wide variety of issues. And I know that sounds a little strange, acupuncture. I was really acu- uh, apprehensive about it myself when I first started learning about sticking needles in a thousand pound horses that sometimes tend to bite and kick you. Um, and while the fundamentals of Chinese medicine kind of sound strange when learning about yin and yang, the five elements theory, and the way that qi or the life force flows to the body in the universe, it's really been amazing to see how horses respond to it. And I enjoyed implementing it in my daily practice. I know that's kind of a a very high level overview of it, but hopefully it'll interest <laughs> some people to come listen to that talk I'll be giving next month. But you know, I'm it's really not surprising for our listeners because Chi does once Chi University does an episode on horses in the morning once a month. I saw that on your website. Yeah. I think that is so cool that you're informing people about that. It's it's a really cool process and i know people some people think it's a little odd but it, it really does work it's pretty neat we've uh dr wendy ying is one of our hosts has been with us for 14 years and uh she's instructor at chi and she, so we've learned we, we've we were ahead of the game uh 14 years ago talking about this and now it's become mainstream it's not even it's not even a, a unusual thing anymore it uh, is. Some people are really, really on board with it, and some people still think it's a little strange, but I love seeing how it's becoming more widespread and accepted. Hey, you know what? Once they find out it works, it's not strange anymore. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so both of your presentations are going to be on Sunday of the event, November 12th. So Correct. if people 
If people want to come hear from Dr. Morton in person, come to Equine Affair and come see her on Sunday, November 12th, because she'll be talking about acupuncture and the digestive system, and they're both going to be pretty cool presentations. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Morton, for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you really for having me. This was really fun, and I'm glad to get to speak to you guys, and I'm looking forward to the presentations next month, and Chewy's looking forward to being part of more equine events in the future and spreading the word about us. Well, that's all very exciting. Some great guests today, and of course, some fantastic people going to be there in a couple of weeks at Equine Affair. Go to equineaffair.com. It's November 9th through the 12th at the Eastern States Expo in Massachusetts. Now, I will not be there. However, I do know that uh, there are some hosts from the Horse Radio Network and some listeners going, and I know they're trying to put together a meetup, so I will post that on the Facebook page and in the auditor room. If there is a meetup, I'll let you know uh, when that going to happen. So we hope that you can all get together as well. And good luck to you, Allison, in your your drive to the finish line here. Thank you. It's going to be it's going to be great. I have been looking forward to the event all year, if you couldn't tell. And um we're just all super excited at the office. Like we're tired, but we're also like ready. We're ready to have this party. So it's going to be awesome. Terrific. And on that note, uh get your credit cards emptied out pay off those balances (laughs) because you're gonna be filling them up again 